Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Joe is driving back from his hunting trip, so he will not be on this morning, but he should be back in time for the evening podcast tonight. And we're going to try and talk a little bit about this this morning and then talk more about it with Joe. I know Joe is very passionate as it relates to the protesters who are still in prison or in jail because we did hear news that the U.S. Marshal Service is actually now investigating whether or not the Capitol protesters, January 6th protesters, are being mistreated. That is uh, pretty obvious based on all the stories that we've heard, but there's now an actual investigation, so we're going to get into that a little bit later today and do a deeper dive into it tonight. I want to apologize. I, I, I have a bit of a migraine today. I, I don't know. We haven't heard the official word yet, but it sounds like today is a no-bones day. Doesn't sound like today is going to be a Bones Day. To anyone who doesn't know, there is this pug named Noodle on TikTok and on Instagram. And Noodle is 13 years old. And every morning, his owner wakes him up to find out whether or not he's going to wake up with Bones or not. He's gone viral. It's 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 kind of cute. <laughs> people are people are going crazy over it. So if, if we put up my screen, Mr. Producer, put up my screen, you can see that this is what we're talking about. He wakes him up. And if he can stand on his own volition, it's a Bones Day. So that's a Bones Day. So he woke up with Bones. That means everyone's going to have a good day. But if he flops over, that means everyone's going to have a bad day. We haven't yet heard from Noodle, the clairvoyant 13-year-old pug, what kind of day today is. But it feels like a no-Bones Day. That's for sure. So we're going to get into all of this stuff with the January 6th protesters with the witch hunt against them. If you want to call in 888-441-1121 is our number. I want to call in and, and chat about it. <clears throat> Last night, the House committee, the, the witch hunt, <clears throat> voted to hold Steve Bannon in contempt. Criminal contempt. Why? Because Steve Bannon had the gall to reply that he's not going to testify under oath until the executive privilege claim that Donald Trump has ex exercised is fully adjudicated. Right? The, the January 6th committee doesn't want to call Donald Trump to testify. They're, they're leaving the door open for that. They're leaving the door open for it, and we'll show that in a second. But they'd much rather get to Trump through other people. They want Bannon to come and testify and answer about his communications with Donald Trump. They want to try and catch Trump up in some grand conspiracy, even though the FBI and the DOJ have already cleared Trump as having no role in formally instigating or organizing the small bits of violence that happened on January 6th at the Capitol. So they want to get Bannon in, but Bannon's like, whoa, 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 whoa. When you talk to a president and he's the president, that is, that can be covered under executive privilege. If president, if president Trump is exercising that privilege, then the Congress has no right to demand that information, whether he's in office or out. Usually also, the president's papers have already gone to his presidential library, even if it hasn't been built yet. 
usually they're given to the or formal organization that will become the library. In this case, they've subpoenaed them before the papers can go to the library. So Biden has the papers. So Biden's handing them over. He said, okay, you, you want to see everything Donald Trump was doing? Here you go. They asked Saki yesterday whether that is going to set a dangerous precedent. And she didn't have any answer for that. Listen, if, if that's the way it's going to go, that in the first couple months of an administration, that new administration can just hand over all the documents of the previous administration to their party to investigate, then that's going to be the new rule. That's going to be what we have to do. I don't think Republicans will actually will actually do that. They don't have the balls to do it. But the Democrats sure do. At least they think that they're going to be able to get away with this. And the crazy thing about this is they do have two Republicans on their committee. As you'll remember, Republicans had nominated a couple of different conservatives, including Jim Jordan, to sit on this witch hunt committee. And Nancy Pelosi kicked Jim Jordan and one other congressman off, saying, no, they're not allowed to be on it. Well, in turn, the Republicans then pulled all of their committee members off and said, whoa, 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 if you're not going to let us choose who's on the committee, then we're not going to be on the committee. Nancy Pelosi then responded by choosing Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, two Republicans, who now are voting with the Democrats on everything. They are not opposed to anything that the Democrats want to do. Liz Cheney believes that there is some grand conspiracy. She disagrees with the FBI, the DOJ, and she believes that there was a grand conspiracy with Donald Trump. Now, when Republicans would, would insinuate a conspiracy, all the media would say, oh, they insinuated without evidence the existence of a deep state conspiracy. Liz Cheney is able to get away with it because the Democrats play by different rules. But here she is last night proclaiming that because Steve Bannon is, is exercising a, a legal right and wanting to legally challenge this in the courts, that means that he's somehow in cahoots with Donald Trump. Let's go ahead and play cut number one investigations. Mr. Bannon's and Mr. Trump's privilege arguments do, however, appear to reveal one thing. They suggest that President Trump was personally involved in the planning and execution of January 6th. And this committee will get to the bottom of that. He was personally involved. Must have been personally involved. I mean, that's the only reason. That's the only reason that anyone would dare object to showing up to this sham witch hunt. The reason, right? There's no other reason that someone would, would want to do that. It has to be that they're in cahoots. Go ahead, go to my screen, Mr. Producer. Go remind everyone, these t-shirts are selling like hotcakes. If hotcakes sell, I never really understood that, that whole saying. But the in dire distress t-shirt, upside down American flag. We can't keep these printing fast enough. So if you haven't gotten yours yet, make sure you head over to store.conservative-daily.com and pick up your in dire distress t-shirt. You're only supposed to put the American flag upside down when you're in real distress. We are as a country. We absolutely are in dire distress. So wear this t-shirt proudly and it's going to serve as a as an icebreaker. People are going to say, hey, why is that flag upside down? And you can respond, well, how much time you got? And you can go down the list A, B, C, D, all the things that Biden and the left are doing. It's a red pill moment. So go ahead to the store, store.conservative-daily.com and pick up your in dire distress t-shirt while they're still available. You go ahead and take that down. So Liz Cheney believes that there's the existence of this extra conspiracy with, without evidence, mind you. No evidence to support that whatsoever. Kinzinger, the other Republican, Kinzinger, 
is leaving the door open for the committee to subpoena Donald Trump. Yes, leaving the door open for it. Let's play cut number two. Do you ultimately think you'll be subpoenaing Donald Trump? I don't know. Uh, you know, I think we can get to all the information we need without him. Um, but I think we're certainly willing to do it. That's that's something I want to make clear is he's not off limits. It's not off limits. Well, usually presidents are. If you'll remember, Don, uh, Barack Obama got caught up in a lot of different scandals. And every single time, even though we pressed for it, the GOP said, no, we can't subpoena a president, even if he's out of office, can't do it. There, there, there's certain there's certain lines you don't cross. You don't cross that. Here, Kinzinger says, no, it's on the table. For his trouble, Adam Kinzinger, for joining the Democrats, he is being rewarded, by the way. I mean, this is how it always goes. When, you, when, you, when you're a Republican and you decide to vote with the Democrats, they take you into the fold and they, and they treat you well. <laughs> Just kidding. They're not. Go to my screen, Mr. Producer. The Democrats in Illinois have redrawn the Illinois congressional district map to basically erase Kinzinger's district. So instead of him being able to run for re-election in a relatively safe, leaning Republican district, he's now going to go against Democrats in a farther left-leaning district. He's gone. He is gone the next time that, I mean, next year. Right, he will be voted out. He is gone. This is his swan song. His his participation in this committee is his swan song. It just shows you get nothing for working with the Democrats. They're not helping him. They're not they're not trying to save him politically. After he after he does exactly what they want, votes with them on everything, the Democrats repay him by literally redrawing his district to make it impossible for him to win re-election. Funny how that works. And, and you wonder why Republicans keep falling for it. Well, Marjorie Taylor Greene is not falling for it. She and others are advocating now for Cheney and Kinzinger to be kicked out of the Republican Party. If they're not going to be Republicans, why are they in the party? It's a very simple question. They should be kicked out. They should be kicked out of the caucus. They should not have any access to funding, to fundraising. Liz Cheney's doing a fundraiser with George W. Bush. They should be kicked out of the party. And any Republican who helps fundraise for a non-Republican should be kicked out of the party. None of this, I mean, remember we saw yesterday on the poll, 3% of Republicans think Biden's doing a great job. Those 3% are the Kinsingers, are the Liz Cheney's, are the George W. Bushes. And they want to control the party. They want to control the direction of the political party. Now, kick them to the curb. Let's play this cut, cut number three. This January 6th witch hunt committee is nothing but a scam. Um, and it's such a farce that they kicked off Republican members when our conference put Republicans on the committee. And then they picked two Republicans who aren't really Republicans at all. And that's Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. And we should be kicking Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney out of the GOP conference for, for really taking part in this witch hunt. Yeah, you think? Instead, they're going to be able to draw from the different Republican fundraising sources, the National Republican Campaign Committee or whatever, whatever it's called for the House. Um, they're going to be able to use funding. So this is why we say do not donate to the Republican Party. 
do not donate to the GOP. Until the GOP actually wants to be conservative, do not donate to them. They, they love using Trump's name. I mean, I open my mail and every week I'm getting new donation solicitations from the GOP, from the Republican Party, invoking Trump's name, that we have to fight for Trump. What has the GOP done for Trump? Nothing. Nothing. They're trying to use him for fundraising while simultaneously funneling that money to anti-Trump Republicans. To anti-conservative Republicans. It's not even an anti-Trump thing. I think we get caught up in the pro-Trump, anti-Trump. Almost like the cult of personality. I like Trump. I think Trump did a great job. Right? But he is not the movement. He is he led the movement. Right? He he advanced the ball. But if Donald Trump chooses not to run in 2024, that doesn't mean that it's over. Though I, I do suspect he is going to run. He's, he's made it pretty clear. He's said pretty much everything he has to say except for um, running. And the reason he can't do that is because that would <laughs> in turn trigger different FEC filing requirements. So can't do that. But it's not him. He's, it's not him alone. I know he said he said this before, and, and it gets brought up. He said that I alone can fix it. And I think he was the only one who could have won in 2016. Absolutely true. Given what the Democrats were throwing at the Republicans, given the fraud we know happened, he's the only one who could have possibly overloaded their algorithms and won anyway. But it doesn't have to be him. This isn't a pro-Trump, anti-Trump thing. There are a lot of anti-Trump conservatives still in Congress. Absolutely true. But they are more so anti-conservatives. Anti They're not really conservatives. Like, you can't call yourself a conservative and sit on the January 6th committee. You can't call yourself a conservative and, and spew the lies that there was an insurrection. There was not an insurrection. Let's just get this out of the way. There was not an insurrection. An insurrection did not happen. There were a bunch of people who were let through police barricades, let into the building. In some cases, the police held the door open for them, walked around, took pictures. Yeah, one guy put his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk, and then they left. There was no insurrection. It's insanity. It really is. But that's what the Democrats are claiming. That's what the Democrats are claiming. When you look at the actual heart of the matter, when you look at what this January 6th committee claims to do, Congress does not have the power to investigate people for crimes. They don't. That's what the DOJ is for. That's what the executive branch is for. The executive branch enforces the law, and part of enforcing the law is prosecuting and investigating people who break the law. That is not Congress's responsibility. Congress's responsibility is to pass legislation. Pass legislation. So the way that Congress gets around this limitation is by saying that they need to investigate what happened on January 6th in order to craft legislation to prevent it. That's the, that's the loophole, right? They can't actually investigate crimes, but they can look into what happened so that they can write new laws. It's a, it's a BS argument because they're not actually interested in writing any new laws. They haven't held votes on any of them pertaining to January 6th. None of them. So they can't claim that there's, this is a vital and important legislative interest because they're not actually working on it. Congress isn't actually doing anything. What's interesting, though, is this <laughs> very clearly runs into conflict with the First Amendment. 
Now, there have been lots of different Supreme Court cases dealing with the First Amendment, and they can get very confusing because the, these cases basically threw out the, would always throw out the previous case, create a new standard, and then it just keep happening over and over and over again. But there was a case that I find very interesting and very important. I'm going to pull it up in one second, if you give me one second. It's called Yates versus United States. Yates versus United States. And in this case, the lead plaintiff, obviously Yates, and about 13 other communists, communists, it's the case in the 1950s, they were arrested for obviously being high up in the Communist Party. We can go ahead and put up my screen, Mr. Producer. Oleta O'Connor Yates, I didn't want to butcher her first name. She was arrested along with 12, 13 other communists because they were, I think, second tier of the American Communist Party. And they were at an event where they all advocated the violent overthrow of the United States. Now, at the time, there was a law in the books called the Smith Act. And the Smith Act made it illegal to advocate the violent overthrow of the United States. This is a situation where you see the, this happening and you, and it's very easy as a conservative to come down on the, on the side of, hey, well, yeah, that's illegal. It's illegal. You should get arrested. But the real risk here is if the government has the power to criminalize speech like that, it will be abused. We're seeing that happening with the January 6th protesters. There are people who only walked into the Capitol building to take a dump, to use the bathroom. Quite literally true. There's a man in, in jail still who went to the bathroom in the Capitol. The only reason he actually went in, being charged with all the stupid insurrection crimes. So in this case, Yates versus United States, obviously the communists challenged it. And this is another one of those moments of strange bedfellows. If you support the Constitution, if you support the First Amendment, then a little strange we're coming down on the side of the communists on this one. The Supreme Court ultimately overturned Yates's conviction by saying that the federal government doesn't have the authority to do that. If we go ahead and take down my screen because the First Amendment blocks them from doing so. Go ahead, put up image number four. This is part of the concurring opinion of that case that was written by Justice Hugo Black. And I want to read it for you. Doubtlessly, dictators have to stamp out causes and beliefs which they deem subversive to their evil regimes. But governmental suppression of causes and beliefs seems to me to be the very antithesis of what our Constitution stands for. The choice expressed in the First Amendment in favor of free expression was made against a turbulent background by men such as Jefferson, Madison, and Mason, men who believed that loyalty to the provisions of this amendment was the best way to assure a long life for this new nation and its government. The First Amendment provides the only kind of security system that can preserve a free government, one that leaves the way le leaves the way wide open for people to favor, discuss, advocate, or incite causes and doctrines, however obnoxious and antagonistic such views may be to the rest of us. Very simple. Even if what people are saying is terrible, even what people if what people are saying is repugnant, even if Technically, they are advocating the overthrow of the United States. Speech alone is insufficient to justify their incarceration. The Supreme Court has also found that Congress can't just abuse this power, can't just abuse this power to investigate people by claiming, oh, we want to we want to write a law. Because what the Supreme Court has found in multiple instances is Congress never actually gets around to writing the laws, but they still claim the power.
So you have a First Amendment right. You have a First Amendment right to advocate the overthrow of the United States government. Period. I mean, it, it, it's crazy, but you have the right to advocate it. I mean, that is essentially what is in the Declaration of Independence. To criminalize that speech would be to criminalize the founders, them, the founders' actions themselves. Right? You, you have, uh, I don't want to butcher it. I always get really nervous when I, when I recite this because I don't want to pull Joe Biden. All men are created equal and, and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And government exists to secure those rights, right? And when government becomes destructive to those ends, it must be abolished or amended, right? That, that's, it's not a perfect, a perfect recitation, but I did a damn better job than Joe Biden. When government become, becomes destructive to the end, the end being the preservation of your individual rights and liberties, then it must be abolished. To criminalize the advocation of that abolishment runs completely contrary. Now you can say, well, the communists don't know what they're talking about. That, you're right. They don't know what they're talking about. They have no idea what they're talking about. But you can't criminalize speech because that opens up a, a, a can of worms none of us really want to deal with. We are not in a different situation now. There are people who are being arrested who didn't even go into the Capitol building. They stood on the steps of the Capitol building and the prosecutors are arguing that because they went behind the police barricades, they therefore entered the no-go zone and, and broke the law. The problem being that the police removed the barricades. The police literally moved the barricades. Once it was clear that the crowd was getting through, the police got rid of the barricades so you couldn't see them. So there are people who walked in later who never saw a single barricade, never saw a single locked door, and never even went inside. And they're now being charged with the same crimes as if they had gone inside and put their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk, which itself is absurd. It's absurd. So now standing on the Capitol steps, on the steps of the people's house, is criminal in and of itself. Why? Well, they obviously didn't do any insurrection. They didn't go inside the door. That's what Democrats have been saying for months, that the act of walking inside was an insurrection. How can you then argue that the people who stood on the steps were insurrectionists? Problem is, whenever you try to apply logic to the Democrats, their argument falls apart. But the reason that you have to be very wary about this is because conservatives are not the only ones who have staged protests outside of government buildings on, on the steps. It's not the only time that's happened. If we go ahead and put up cut six, I want to show you another one of those instances. Let's cut it. That was not the insurrection from January 6th, though. It might look a little bit like that. That happened in the past week. Climate activists rushed the Department of the Interior. They rushed into the doors, injured police officers, demanding environmental action. That happened last week. You hear them saying, protect the water, protect the water. Those aren't January 6th protesters. 
happened last week. Where is the investigation? Where is the congressional committee? Where are the perp walks? Where are the indefinite jail sentences where they're just thrown in jail? Oh, we lost the key. Oh, sorry, you're not allowed to go outside. Where, where's that treatment? It's not there. Because, you see, those are the insurrectionists that the Democrats like. We have another cut. Let's go ahead and play this. Cut seven. To hear them chanting at the end, go inside, go inside. If you remember, there are men and women who are being charged by the prosecution in the January 6th case. And the leading piece of evidence is that they shouted, go inside, that they advocated other people to go in, that they helped other people go in, that they, they held out their hand and helped pull people up the stairs into the building. That act alone, uh, the act of chanting, go inside, apparently is criminal. And that little piece of evidence is the almost the entirety of some of the government cases against some of these people in January 6th. Here you have a bunch of leftists chanting the very same chant, go inside, go inside, at the Department of the Interior. And they went inside. Notice that the government is not prosecuting anyone for illegally being on those steps. The government is not prose prosecuting anyone for holding up a sign on the steps. Government isn't prosecuting anyone for shouting, go inside, for punching or pushing the police officer, which happened in that case. And not a single person who went inside had their mugshot put around the country. No one's being fired from their job, right? No one's being dragged off of airplanes. No one's being put on the no-fly list so they can't go home. No one's kids are being harassed at school after their name was doxxed in the media. None of that's happening. So what is the difference? What is the difference between the January 6th protest and what you just saw? The only difference is ideology. They are trying to accomplish the same thing. They're trying to disrupt a government body, the Department of the Interior. They're doing so illegally and with force because, yeah, one of the police officers did get injured. Now, in this country, we have, yeah, sure, people like that have gotten a slap on the wrist. But we've always, as a country, understood that protests, even if they get a little heated, even if they get out of hand, even if people do things that they regret, the act of protesting, something the Democrats have always said is itself democratic, should not ruin someone's life, which is why you have Democrat activists who get arrested in Congress every single month, like the Code Pink people. They get arrested every month. They're not in jail. They're not wasting away in prison for protesting. I mean, they did this every month, every week during the Bush years. It was like a revolving door. They walk in, get arrested. They walk out, walk back in over and over and over again. They never got thrown in jail and, and kept there for almost a year. That never happened. Because for as weird as the Code Pink people were, and as wrong as I believe that they were in many cases, they were still exercising that right. Now, they might have been abusing that right. You can't just walk into a congressional hearing and just start shouting. 
they're definitely abusing the right, but should the abuse of a constitutional right give them a life sentence, give ruin their lives, destroy their lives? No, obviously not. And that is the difference. You remember when Donald Trump was inaugurated, there were riots in the streets, riots in the streets of D.C. I remember I was there. They were they burned a limo, burning trash cans, broke windows into banks. I think a Starbucks window got broken. That is that's insurrectionist behavior. The 45th president of the United States was inaugurated. They didn't like it, so they wanted to destroy stuff to stop it from happening. That's insurrection. That's insurrection. Were any of them prosecuted? Yeah, they got prosecuted, but all the charges, to my recollection, got dropped. They didn't throw the book at any of them. They didn't throw the book at any of them. No, the difference is when Republicans are in office, there's this understanding that as much as we disagree on things, as, as crazy as things get, as out of hand as they get, we still have to be a republic. It's that old line right from Abraham Lincoln. A republic, a, divide, a house divided cannot stand. When you, when you foster these divisions, you're destroying the very fabric of the republic that you swore an oath to defend and uphold. You cannot say you are upholding the republic if you are trying to destroy it through division at the same time. That is why when you had in history examples like the Whiskey Rebellion or Shays Rebellion, where people actually took up arms against the U.S. government, even when they were sentenced to death, they were also pardoned. Because in the interest of preserving this republic, it was understood that you can't just put people to death every time they disagree with the government and maybe get a little out of hand. Can't do it. What you can do is go to our sponsor, Air Med Care Network, and join up because with Biden inflation, the price of everything's going way up, including how much it's going to cost to fly you to a hospital, God forbid, that ever needs to happen. Before Biden inflation, as we reported, 40, 50, 60 grand in some areas of the country for an air medical transportation flight. That's gone up. Just look at the price of fuel up a dollar over the last year. That's up way, way. It, 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 I don't even want to think about how much it would cost. Well, with Air Med Care Network, they promise, they guarantee that you won't have to pay one cent for an air medical transportation flight as long as you're a men member. And the membership only costs $85. It covers you and it covers your spouse and your entire household. So go to the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily. And when you use promo code daily, you're going to get up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card. It's free money. So again, go to airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. So we showed that video of the insurrectionists going into the interior. This, is, this next video I want to play, this is a video that the government, the Biden administration, tried their darndest to hide. They said that this had national security implications and that you weren't supposed to be able to see it because the act of you seeing it would, I guess, implicate national security. It's not true. It never was true. This video shows just how dangerous, how violent the January 6th insurrection was. Uh, I, I won't bury the lead. It's just a bunch of people walking through Congress taking pictures and just kind of meandering about. Let's play this cut, cut number five. They're literally just walking through. They're just walking through Congress. Just 
walking through, you see there's a couple of police officers meandering about. That's what apparently insurrection looks like. Go ahead, cut that. That's apparently, that's apparently what insurrection looks like. Just a bunch of people walking around with American flags inside of the people's house. They didn't want you to see that because they believed that if you saw that, it would implicate national security. No, it would basically reveal their lies. Because at the heart of it, at the heart of it, what the January 6th insurrection was, was a bunch of people pissed off. Well, actually, we got to rewind. We got to rewind. Election night. They stopped counting the ballots late at night. They put poster board and pizza boxes up on the window so you couldn't see them counting the ballots. They refused to let anyone in to watch them count the ballots. And surprise, surprise, Joe Biden gained the lead in all the states he needed, and he was declared the president. Well, people said that's not right. Every time someone looked into it, they found more than enough discrepancies and irregularities to bring to cause doubts into the legitimacy of the election. But every time that they wanted someone else to look at it, they were denied. So on January 6th, people went to Washington, D.C. to protest what they saw as an illegitimate election. They have every right to do so. I mean, <laughs> you have to. If you believe that the, that the election is, is, illegit- is illegitimate, you have to protest that. So they went to the ellipse and they heard Donald Trump speak. And at that speech, Donald Trump told them to peacefully march to the Capitol. But before Donald Trump had even stopped talking, Violent activists, in many cases, probably plants or even government spies, started brawls right in front of the Capitol building, started punching police officers, started getting out of hand, and the police officers abandoned their posts. They moved the barricades, they opened the doors, and in some cases actually gestured for people to walk inside. So the insurrection, what happened was a bunch of people walked inside the Capitol, a guy with a silly little Viking hat walked inside of the actual congressional chambers. People took a bunch of pictures, walked around, a couple people used the toilet, and then they left. And that is apparently what insurrection looks like. I mean, if you believe Democrats, that's what civil war is. They want to go scorched earth on anyone who had anything to do with it, thinking that there's some ulterior motive. Listen, if conservatives wanted to topple the government, if conservatives wanted to topple the government, we wouldn't do it that way. I mean, I, come on, you're talking about the most heavily armed, most heavily armed voting block in world history. And they're claiming it was an insurrection where not a single shot was fired. I'm sorry. If the people there wanted to topple the government, nothing would have stopped them. Nothing would have stopped them from toppling Congress. Now, it probably wouldn't have been able to hold Congress. But with few exceptions, none of those people were armed. None of those people were, were truly violent. They just saw that, the, that their country was being stolen from them. That their vote didn't actually count because, because the system was rigged. And every time someone looked at it and said, hey, maybe we should uh, look into this, they were called a kook, called a liar, or had their case dismissed for lack of standing, or you, wait, you waited too long. I mean, that's, I, I still can't get over that. The latches argument. The idea that if you wait too long, unconstitutional actions somehow become acceptable because you should have called out the unconstitutional actions earlier. There's no save by the bell for stealing the Republic, right? If you are caught stealing the Republic, you can't run out the clock. And yet that's the argument that many courts 
used to toss out lawsuits. I want to play this clip because Adam Schiff is leading this. He's not the official leader, but he might as well be of this January 6th protest, this insurrection investigation. And I want to show you him on um, Steve Colbert, the Colbert show the other night. Now, I don't watch this show because Colbert is a leftist. Sometimes I'll pull clips like when they did that weird little vaccine musical number. But I want you to pay attention not just to what Adam Schiff is saying, but the thunderous applause he gets from the crowd when he announces he's going after Steve Bannon. Let's go ahead and play cut number nine. President Biden has said, uh, let me get this right, he hopes the committee, quote, goes after him. What's going to happen? We're going after him. What does that... What, what, what does that mean? Why is this... It feels unusual that Congress or a congressional committee is enforcing a subpoena. Why is this such a rare event? Well, because for the last four years, when you had uh, Sessions and then Bill Barr running the Justice Department, they viewed their job, particularly Bill Barr, as essentially the criminal defense firm for Donald Trump. Uh, and there was little point in holding witnesses who didn't show up accountable by referring them to prosecution because, after all, we held Bill Barr in contempt. Uh, if he wasn't going to prosecute himself, he certainly wasn't going to prosecute others for ignoring congressional subpoenas. So the enforcement arm is the Justice Department. You don't have your own gendarmes. You can't send out the sergeant-at-arms to clap somebody in irons and drag them in. Uh, you know, actually, uh, in the past, about 100 years ago, we could do that. There was a, a jail the in the Congress. We days. might need to bring it back. As I was saying earlier in the monologue, Bannon wasn't I in the administration it. at still, the time. It still so exists. The... It still exists. The jail still exists under the Capitol building. They still have the right to do it. The reason I'm showing you that is because I wanted you to see the thunderous applause that the crowd actually gave to the idea of Joe Biden telling Congress to go after his predecessor's advisor. Not only has Joe Biden urged Congress to go after Trump advisors, but Joe Biden has also urged the DOJ to go hard against January 6th protesters, something that Joe Biden swore he wouldn't do. He swore that the DOJ would be independent, would be independent and free from White House pressure. Well, he, he didn't honor that pledge. And when Jen Psaki, we're not going to play it. I'm tired of what, playing Jen Psaki stuff. But when Jen Psaki was asked about this, how Joe Biden can say he's going to have the DOJ run an independent investigation if he's telling them who and what to prosecute, Jen Psaki basically went to whataboutism. Well, Donald Trump did worse things. That's the, always their argument. It's always Trump, Trump, Trump. Trump, Trump, Trump. It was the same with Obama. Anytime you criticized Obama, oh, well, George Bush did this, this, this. Democrats are incapable of actually accepting the fact that they are themselves failures or that they are themselves criminals. It's always, oh, well, the Republicans are worse. That's their whole, that's their whole thing. Their whole tagline should just be Republicans are worse. It's not even true. I mean, GOPers, <laughs> frankly, probably I, I, I'd take some Democrats, some moderate Democrats over the, the GOP establishment some days. But it, it's, oh, that's how it always goes. And Joe Biden encouraging the DOJ to investigate and prosecute January 6th protesters to the fullest extent of the law. Hey, at, at least for all of his flaws, and he had many flaws, at least Barack Obama, when he was asked about different cases, at least he had the wherewithal to stop and at least pretend to say, I'm not commenting on it because I don't want to 
exert undue influence over the judicial process. Now, he slipped up. He made some mistakes. He gave his opinion when he shouldn't have. I mean, Trayvon Martin case is one example. But especially when things fell under federal jurisdiction, Obama surprisingly did a pretty decent job of not commenting because he didn't want to exert undue influence. Joe Biden, no, no, no. Joe Biden's calling the shots. That's what's crazy about all of this. The dementia patient is actually calling the shots. It's not his deputies. It's not his secretaries. They're on vacation. Joe Biden's calling the shots. No, he has told the DOJ, he has told the GOJ to go after them. Adam Schiff is acting like this doesn't happen. Like people don't, don't refuse to honor subpoenas. Just off the top of my head, I can name a couple from the Obama years. You have John Koskinen. He was the IRS commissioner. He was delivered an actual preservation order from the United States Congress, ordering him to preserve all of Lois Lerner's documents. Remember, remember Lois Lerner? After receiving that preservation order from the United States Congress, Koskinen signed off on the destruction of Lois Lerner's laptop. He failed to preserve it, obviously violating the preservation order. He was never prosecuted, right? I mean, there was a big push to hold him in contempt, but he was never prosecuted. Lois Lerner lied to Congress. She lied to Congress. She withheld documents from Congress. Her her computers were miraculously destroyed, not just wiped clean, like with Hillary Clinton with a cloth, not bleach-bitted. They actually incinerated her hard drives. So you have Lois Lerner. You have Eric Holder, with Fast and Furious, refusing to hand over documents, claiming executive privilege over communications between Eric Holder and his mother. Let that sink in. Eric Holder cited executive privilege as being a reason not to hand over to Congress communications between him and his mother. He was held in contempt, but he was never charged. Even though Congress held him in contempt, the DOJ wouldn't prosecute him. Why? Because he runs the DOJ. So, of course, the DOJ is not going to prosecute one of their own. The difference now, though, is that Trump is not in office. Trump's people are gone. And Joe Biden has taken over the Department of Justice. It is not an independent body. If it was an independent body, they would follow the same rubric as Eric Holder. Congress would vote to hold him in, hold Bannon in contempt, and the DOJ would do nothing about it. Because, obviously, that's what happened with Eric Holder. Even though he, they had him dead to rights. And this is the other thing with Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon is making a legal argument. Steve Bannon has made a legal argument, has submitted his legal argument to Congress. That legal argument is, I don't have to show up because Trump is exerting executive privilege. Frankly, I don't think that argument will hold hold up. I don't. Because typically, executive privilege will stop him from saying certain things. But typically, executive privilege alone can't be used to stop him from showing up. So he... He has to show up to the subpoena. Now, he can argue that the subpoena itself is unlawful. It's unconstitutional because Congress is is performing a law enforcement function that they have no right to do. And he has a very good argument there. But until a court agrees with that, he has to show up. So that's probably what's going to burn him. If, if he does get burned, if he gets a fair shake and gets burned anyway, it's going to be that he ref- refused to show up. It's one thing to show up and refuse to answer questions that have to do with executive privilege. It's another thing just to blow them off entirely. But he's making an argument. He's making a legal argument here that he shouldn't have to show up. Now, typically, that legal argument would go through the court system. 
typically that legal argument would go through the court system and you'd see United States Congress v. Banner, uh, ba Bannon, right? And you'd, you'd have a judge ultimately preside over the case and make a ruling over whether Bannon has to comply with it. This happened all the time under Trump when Trump was in office. You had Democrats in Congress, other organizations fighting against having to, to honor subpoenas. And ultimately, the court system would decide what they had to do. But the Democrats are skipping this whole process. Instead, they want to go right to criminal contempt. They want to go right to criminal contempt. Imagine, imagine you being served a subpoena to testify, to testify in some kind of criminal case. And you say, no, I don't have to. This is why I don't have to. Um, I've checked with the case law. It doesn't apply to me. Like imagine if, if your, your husband or wife is getting prosecuted, right? Your husband or wife is being prosecuted. And at least under federal law, you can't be called to, to, uh, to testify against your spouse. Right? In most states, that's, that's true too. Can't be called to testify against your spouse. And imagine you say, oh, I'm not going to show up to testify. Sorry, Your Honor. I'm the spouse. Can't do it. Imagine if they then prosecute you anyway and threw you in jail. I mean, that's the kind of stuff they're doing here. Whether Bannon's argument wins out at the end of the day or not, he has the right to make it. He has the right to make that argument and to have it adjudicated before he can be thrown in prison for not showing up. But they're trying to jump the gun here. They're trying to throw him in prison before his claim can actually be adjudicated. You can't do that every time someone says or invokes executive privilege. Can't do it. Now, a lot of times, the executive privilege invocation is BS. It is. It, it's, it's not actually privilege, but people say that anyway just to try and get out of testifying. But you have to adjudicate it. You have to adjudicate it. Otherwise, it's just, it's just tyranny at that point. It's just tyranny about that point. If you want to learn about American historical figures who fought back against tyranny, you got to check out our sponsors at Liberty Cigars. LibertyCigars.com is a Patriot-run company, and, and they proudly sell different lines of cigars that honor historical figures. So they have the Commander Series, the President Series. You can obviously give the gift of a good smoke or just smoke it yourself while simultaneously learning about different figures in American history. So here's the deal. When you go to LibertyCigars.com, LibertyCigars.com, and you use promo code BEFREE, B-E-F-R-E-E, -E -E, you're going to get a free Benedict Arnold cigar thrown in on all orders over $76. Now, the Benedict Arnold cigar is a perfect gift for that traitor's liberal friend or family member of yours, or smoke it yourself or give it as a gift to a friend. But if you go to LibertyCigars.com and use promo code BEFREE, B-E-F-R-E-E, -E -E, They'll throw in a free cigar on all orders over $76. But no, with, with this January 6th insurrection, Bannon's doing, with the exception, I, th I think he should have shown up. I think he should have shown up, showed up, and then invoked privilege there. Because <clears throat> if he does that, then it's a clear fight over whether or not the information is privileged or not. Right? Right now, they're getting him for not showing up. I think he should show up. And yeah, they're, they're doing it for the optics. They want to get the video of him walking in, sitting down, either pleading the fifth or, or refusing to answer questions. They want that video. They want it for propaganda purposes. And maybe he wins out on that argument. But he should go, he should sit down, and he should say, on the advice of counsel, I'm not answering that question because it, executive privilege has been invoked. Done. And then let the court system deal with that. But instead... 
Yeah, W. Sheridan said that would look worse. It would. It would. But when you don't show up, you actually open the door for them to incarcerate him for refusing the subpoena. As heavy-handed, as ridiculous as it is, they can force that. And if the DOJ is going to go after it, Bannon will be behind bars again. And this time, Donald Trump can't help him. So yeah, the whole thing is, is a joke. It's a witch hunt. It's all about optics. But you show up, and then you refuse to answer questions based on different legal privileges and rights. And if, and if you, you go too far with it, then you go too far with it, and you have to go back and actually answer the questions. They can't just not show up. That's what I think is probably going to burn them. So yesterday we mentioned that Joe Biden has named the first transgender woman, woman as a four-star admiral in any of the different service brand, services. If we go ahead and put up my screen, Mr. Producer, they now have the picture, the official picture for Rachel Levine, four-star admiral in the public health service. So I said it yesterday, I'm going to say it again. Someone's got to wake me up at this point because this can't be real life. It can't be real life. This, 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 this can't be real life. Levine is implicated in, in the deaths of innocent people in Pennsylvania because she, like Andrew Cuomo, issued the same order instructing, ordering nursing homes to accept COVID positive patients. Right around the same time that Levine moved their mother out of a nursing home into a into a hotel. But no, this is the new official portrait because we now have a transgender health official sworn in as a four-star admiral in the public health service. Please, someone at this point, pinch me. This can't be real. Well, if, if you want to, if you want to take the stroll down memory lane and recap all of the things going wrong with this country and simultaneously learn about all the different ways to fix it. We are teaming up with our friends behind the new documentary coming out, The Reawakening. So we, we have, a, we have a, a trailer for that. Let's go ahead and play the trailer for The Reawakening and show everyone what this documentary is going to be about. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal, you know the, you know the thing. We will shut you down. We will cite you. And if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail. Period. I wasn't thinking of the Bill of Rights when we did this. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. God actually spoke to me. He spoke about sacredness. He said to me, Kim, what I place in many, many people is sacred. And if anybody touches what is sacred to me, then it is the end for them. So what I've done in the United States of America is sacred. And there are people on every side that are trying to destroy what I deem sacred. And it's not going to happen. This is the definition of criminal conspiracy, racketeering, and collusion. This is not a theory. This is evidence. Because I have upheld this country to spread a light to the rest of the world. When you choose to go against the sacred thing that God puts into the very heart and the soil of this nation, this was sacred to God. Now is the time to act. 
This is exactly why I need some action from my people. Coming out, the, the Reawakening documentary coming out November 15th. So when you go to the link in our description, you use promo code CD21 to pre-order it. You're going to get a bunch of different things. You're going to get 10% off your order. That right there is worth it. You're going to get entered into, into a, uh, a drawing to win backstage passes for different Reawaken America tour events. You're also going to get entered into a chance to meet, meet General Michael Flynn. Altogether, that's a $1,000 value. So go to the link in our description. Use promo code CD21 to get 10% off and entered into all of those great, great runnings. Let's go ahead and take that down, Mr. Producer. I haven't had a chance to look at it. It seems like today is a good Bones Day. I'm hopeful about this. Mentioned this at the start. There is now a 13-year-old pug that has become clairvoyant and will decide how good of a day we all have based on whether or not he can stand in the morning, whether he has bones or no bones. Hearing from some of my sources, namely my wife, that it is a good bones day. Cannot confirm. It doesn't feel like a good bones day. It feels like a, bad, a, a no bones day. But I just wanted to let everyone know that. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy that this is now like in the news. I'm, I'm looking through news today, trying to figure out different stories to cover. And I get this, if you put it on my screen, I get this 13-year-old pug whether or not he can stand in the morning or not as like a, as a precursor for our, what our mental health is going to look like that day. <laughs> yeah. It's very, Jan says she doesn't understand. It is a weird meme. You know, you know how sometimes before the Super Bowl they'll get a bunch of puppies and they'll put the puppies on the, on the soundstage on the set and they'll put two bowls of food, one for one team, one for the other. And whatever bowl of food, most puppies eat from, they say that's who's going to win the Super Bowl. It's kind of like that, but it's an everyday thing. And it's kind of like the groundhog, if the groundhog can see its shadow. If this little pug can actually stand up, it means everyone's going to have a good day. <laughs> if it can't, everyone's going to have a bad day. I don't even understand. I don't think I understand it. We've got to take down my screen. It, it confuses me. But apparently it is a Bones Day, which is going to be good news for some people. I was listening. I was watching a video. And apparently this has actually now gotten into the Pentagon, where there was a Pentagon conference call and a, an admiral started it by saying it was a bad bones day a no bones day so apparently this has reached the the upper echelons of our of our military <laughs> god try and figure out what it's all about lastly gotta remind everyone go to mypillow.com and use promo code cd21 same promo code as the other one cd21 you're gonna get up to 66 percent off we got to support our, our friend mike lindell friend of the show good good people working there it's a good american company support them if you can buy your christmas gifts there support american manufacturing and as a bonus you're not gonna have to worry about it getting stuck in the port of los angeles again that's my pillow and use promo code cd21 charlie delta 21 to get up to 66 percent off that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast if you like the podcast make sure you subscribe to the audio version it's available on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify pandora iHeartRadio, TuneIn, podbean all great places also audible so check it out there if you can please do subscribe to the Apple podcast version and help us climb up in those rankings in the leaderboards. Subscribe and give us a five-star review. Give us a five-star review again so we can climb up in those rankings. We go live at 11 a.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Eastern, so make sure you tune in for that. And if you need some help, a little reminder, 
Join our text alert system by texting the word freedom to 89517. And we'll send you a text message letting you know what we're going to be talking about that day and the links for where and how you can watch or listen. Lastly, if you haven't already, please do sign up for our email newsletter. That link is in the description. That's how you're going to get our fax blasts and other action alerts emails. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. We're going to talk more about January 6th tonight when Joe is on the show. So make sure you tune in for that. Again, my name is Max McGuire. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country is not over yet. But the only way we win is if we all stand and fight together. <laughs>